the Underpowered Podcast. It is episode nine today, and here our gaming potential may be sparse, but we continue to level up anyway. I'm Shelby Stokes, and on the cast today we have Casey Cool. Hey, hey. And special guest speedrunner Sirium is with us as well. Hey, how you doing? Did I get your name right? You did. Yes, we're on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, thank you uh, so much for being with us today. This is neat. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So I want to start with, so if you're not familiar with our show, our whole concept is that we are two middle-aged dads and we have backlogs <laughs> of games that we're trying to play and we have a monthly contest and last month I won. So Shelby has to watch an anime or a show of my choice this month. Uh, oh next, yeah, next month we did a vote and the loser has to do, I'm calling them the three P's because the votes were one of them. Shelby wanted them just like stream something like do a street, a, a YouTube stream or a channel stream of us playing something and that lost in spectacular fashion. But the other three that tied was uh 300 pushups a day for a month. Ooh. Paint a portrait of the loser, the winner or the winner, the loser paints a portrait and then eat a raw potato. So we got potato pushups and portrait for this month. <laughs> I like the alliteration there. With the I piece. know. I know. It worked out. It worked out. It just worked out. I, we still have to figure out how big the potato is going to be. Because like, if we get like a full-on baked raw potato style, like I don't know if I can handle that, man. I was wondering that too. Do we go just like an old Yukon gold or do we do the full <laughs> baked? I don't know. Um, get you a big old spud. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, I think so. I think I'm, something will make us cry. I was hoping like a red potato or something. Cause, no. But but the good news is, is I'm not going to lose next month because I'm on track to uh, make some moves. So I'm pretty excited about that too. You, you were last month too, if you remember correctly. Yeah, and then uh -huh. the eagle comes in and swoops. <laughs> ah! um, yeah, yeah, but one of the games on your backlog, Casey, is Earthbound, right? Yes. So for me, like one of the games I beat or was on my backlog that I finally accomplished was Zelda uh, Link Ocarina of Time. That was something that's always bothered me and that I never beat. But another game that I played since like I was in sixth grade, since it came out and have always stopped is Earthbound. And it's a game that I love, but I just never finished. Watching you speed run it totally just I I'm in awe every time I watch. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a just like you. It's a game I played when I was a kid. Could never beat it. I remember renting it from Blockbuster because it had yes. the big old box because, you know, it came with the guide and it was always rented out. And I remember finally renting it and just being blown away by it there was just some different unique appeal about it and i think it was just the fact that you can sort of relate to it because it's sort of set in like middle america whereas you know all these other games it's often fantasy land but when you're playing with ness and co you're like hey you know that could in the beginning at least you're like hey that could be me i start i mean it gets pretty wacky as you go oh, on but yeah in the beginning it's it's something that you can relate to but I first, could never beat it as a as a kid, but I ultimately beat it in middle school on an emulator was my first time beating it. See, I started playing it a lot on the emulator, and so now I have it on SNES Classic, and that's what I'm going to be playing it oh, on. Nice. And I've always gotten to, like, Foreside and then stopped. I've never gotten to get Pooh. I've never gotten to get <laughs> the Kung Fu Master, and that was the guy I always thought looked the coolest. But it's a game, like you said, it's a Middle America. It's I explained it to Shelby last week. It's like Stranger Things meets Goonies sprinkled with Dragon Quest on top with that, like, the battle style. <laughs> of the old yeah. school Dragon Quest games. And it does a really great job of breaking the fourth wall a lot of times. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. It's a funny game. And the Japanese version is really intense and different, too. Like, the scene in the beginning of the game where Pokey is getting yelled at by his mom, it's his dad beating him in the Japanese version, isn't Yeah, it? yeah. Well, it's not explicit, but this, the sound effect definitely sounds a lot more like a beatdown than right. it does in the American version. You found the game in middle school... What made you decide to start speedrunning? Well, I actually was probably in like 
third grade or so when I rented it from Blockbuster. Okay. I went back and beat a bunch of games later when I discovered emulators that I had never beaten as a kid. What made me decide to speed run it is that I actually got started on Twitch and with speedruns in general with Super Metroid, which was another game that I loved as a kid. And after just binge watching Super Metroid for months on end, I finally kind of just got not sick of it, but it was just like, you know, maybe I should watch something else. And so I actually went to speedruns live dot com and actually just started looking up other games i liked as a kid i looked up super punch out couldn't really find like much of a community on it i checked a couple other games and i stumbled onto earthbound and something i liked about it was that the streams for it were much smaller whereas the super metroid streamer some of those guys are really big you know they get hundreds of viewers yeah. but in the earthbound streams there were like 10 20 viewers or less and it just felt like a much more intimate setting. And I felt like I could actually sort of add to the conversation. First, you know, one of those big streams, you post a message and it just, it just, you know, the chat just fl flies on by. But I just sort of stumbled right. in it to there. And it was really the RNG manipulation that drew me in because I'm a programmer by trade. And something about seeing people manipulate those smash attacks just really drew me in. And I had to know more. And that was really what hooked me. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. You studied, from what I've heard, you looked at the code of the game, mm -hmm. right? You've like you've dissected it to the deepest degree. Like, there's people that move certain ways to make because it's not like our regular Final Fantasy where random battles you can't see them. You can see all the battles before you go into them, and you can guide the enemies to you or away from you, right? At a certain point by your step count or by your step it's, your movement. It's similar to step count, like in a lot of the Final Fantasy games, their manipulation is based on step count. In Earthbound. Right. It's not like a tile-based game, and it's not step count-based, but there are just like invisible grid lines on the map. They're 64 by 64 pixels wide, and when you cross over those, there's like a counter that ticks up. But that's actually one of the sort of lesser important variables. We, we call that variable advanced by that RNG3, but there's two others that are a little more important called RNG1 and RNG2. And they always update together, and just about everything updates them. Every printed character of text, every menu open and close... Uh, the like in the battles when the enemies are doing things they advance when enemies spawn or despawn the random enemy movements will do it the random npc movements will do it and that one in particular is probably one of the most difficult parts of the manip because sometimes those npcs they have to come onto screen load do their movements and then unload and sometimes if you just don't move perfectly they'll end up doing something slightly different and for the longest time the people that uh -huh. found the manip didn't even know about rng3 so they were just doing it based on the two known values, but someone by the name of SDFG ended up finding that back in, uh, I think it was in 2014, and he broke the world record with it. He got a 407 at the time. That was back before my time. I didn't, I didn't come into the community until like late 2015, probably like early 2016. I don't remember the exact date when I really started watching it, but I know by summer of 2016, I was, I was big time into the Earthbound speedruns. I didn't start speedrunning it myself until about December of 2016. Now, you also then went on to be a big fixture in this community, and you set the world record in 2017, right? You had that for a, a bit of yeah, time. Yeah, my very first record I ever got was in the any percent category, because when I first started, I was like, okay, glitchless, you know, four or five, six hour runs, that's too long for me. So I started with the glitched and the heavily sequence broken category, where you do heavy RNG manipulation, because in the glitch category, excuse me, in the glitchless category, rather, you're not allowed to hard reset the console, which resets the RNG values. It's what we call single segment, which is what makes it so difficult. Now, in the glitched category, you can go save at a phone, hard reset the console, and then it resets you to a known set of RNG values, mm. kind of like wipes the slate clean. And you can just sort of pick it up from right there. But due to just due to how the category evolved, glitchless is 
single segment. But with that, I ended up getting the record back in, uh, let, let me see here. I think it was like, oh no, I got it right before the end of 2016. I'm looking at it right here on speedrun.com. It was first record was the uh, the 105 or the 104, I think. The 104 was the, the fastest time recorded, right? Yeah. Oh, oh it was, Before, it was yeah. the 104.20. That was my first any percent record. And that was, in, that was on May 1st of 2017. You know, this has been years. I, I'm having to look at speedrun.com to remember. <laughs> right. Jeez, and I've had, I'm just looking at this. I'm like, man, I've had so many submitted runs. You don't realize when you just do them over time. Right. It's just like another day in the office. Yep. And any percent, for those that aren't familiar with, that means you are completing the game at, you could be finishing it at a lower percent. You're not 100%ing it, correct? Correct. It's so they, in a lot of categories, they'll have like any percent, 100%. And then some categories, they'll have low percent. For Earthbound, it doesn't really make sense to have a 100% category defined. People have sort of just kind of done them for fun, like getting all items. But in games for like, <laughs> I mentioned Super Metroid Earth earlier it actually tells you at the end of the game what your item collection percentage is and so obviously it makes sense to have a hundred percent category or a low percent but since earthbound doesn't right. actually track anything besides the photos we don't really have a hundred percent category there is a photo percent category where you collect all 32 photos and those are displayed during the credits for all of them that you right. that's kind of our closest to a hundred percent and you're second place on that, right? That the all photos. Yeah, I actually completed a leaderboard sweep, and I completed it back in November of last year. So I had every world record for every official category on the leaderboard, and then I even had what some people consider like a pseudo category or a subcategory for glitchless, where I had the record with no RNG manipulation. It's just a filter on the leaderboard. You filter for no manipulation, but that was sort of like bonus points. I had that too. But yeah, I had every single record. And you know how long the sweep stood for? Hmm. 24 hours. 24 hours. Wow. And I just barely got it before Dr. Swellman took the glitchless record back. And then one by one, I started losing them. And I'm down to uh, only a couple of them now. So the records that I still have, I still have the debug record. I still have the pajama percent record, which is like a meme category. And then I have that sort of pseudo category I mentioned of glitchless with no RNG manipulation. Because Manip has always been sort of it's always been sort of controversial to a certain extent in the not only in the earthbound community, but just in RPG speedruns period. Some people feel like the RNG manipulation sort of ruins like either the nostalgia of the game or like the feel. Right. They're like this turns it into more of a platformer where it's all about button inputs rather than responding to random battles and using your game knowledge to overcome the random situation. So we sort of just have that pseudo category since people still like to do it. It's kind of like with Ocarina of Time where people are breaking the game. Right. Versus and and that's still impressive in its own right too for someone to figure they can break the game and still complete it. I, I personally like, but the all photo one, I like something where you, the person has to see the breadth of the game. Like the glitches runs are in, are great to watch and it's great, but I like seeing people like have to go through main story progression. Yeah. When you stream, is there one that people like to watch more than others? Absolutely, without a doubt, it's glitchless. Now it's sort of a toss up. There are people. There's a lot of people that like the manip. But then there's some people who are like the diehard, you know, I don't think that this should be allowed or people should think it should be split. But other than that, if you just look at the category as a whole, it's definitely beyond a shadow of a doubt. Glitchless is the the category for Earthbound. Any percent glitched is the other main category. But Glitchless definitely has a much broader audience. Like if you talk about it, if you just look at like maybe like like viewer count, for example, most streamers know that if if you stream Glitchless, 
that's what's going to pull in the most viewers, which is sort of a measure into what the community wants to see. You know, you get the most viewers doing glitchless. Obviously, it's most popular. I think a lot of people like it because, for one, they like the long category. Some people like to just turn it on and just sort of like maybe have it on in the background, you know, because we're a four or five hour run. That's a long time to literally sit there just glued to your computer. Yeah. But people like to sort of come back and forth and see the good parts. And then, you know, you got a little story progression until you get to the next area. And so you can just sort of like do things around it. You know, you could be like folding laundry and then come back and like, oh, he's at like pyramid. Let's see this. And then and then dungeon man and then go do something else so in terms of like which one of these categories you go for right do you kind of when you set up these these runs do you like plan out okay this week i'm gonna go for this record or you kind of bounce back and forth how are you setting up your goals and what does a week look like in terms of trying to achieve you know these new records the way that i've traditionally done it is i usually pick one and just stick to it and with, beyond a shadow of a doubt as i said glitchless is the category that i've had by far the most hours put into now the thing about glitchless and then also you got to remember i talked about that manipulation in the beginning of a single segment sometimes you can have right. bad manip nights where you literally just keep messing up the manip and you just can't get a run going at all and so what I did sometimes is I would have a shorter category on deck and I would sort of get to a certain point. And if, you know, it's been two, three, four hours and either I can't hit the manip or I hit it and then I just immediately get a, a game over and die and go back to the beginning. I mean, when you start out, you can keep going with one of those, but obviously going for a record, if you get a game over, it's, you just need to start over. You know, you can't eat that time loss. I would have something like any percent to switch to because those runs, they were over an hour when I started. They're under an hour now for world record anyway. And then sometimes I would just kind of go to something more chill, like a boogie run, which is our partial game category. If you know anything about like the Master Sword category for Link to the Past yeah. or Magus for um, Final Fantasy IV um, or anything like that. I'm sorry, Paladin percent. Magus for Chrono. Yeah, Trigger. I was going to say sorry, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or, or Cat Bad Nars for FF6. But it's kind of like our version of that, like the partial game beginner category. So, you know, I'd go mess with that. Or then even there was a time, long time ago, where I would even go to like, say, Pajama Percent or Photo Percent just because they're shorter. But uh, and then even sometimes switching to another game like Super Metroid, another game I speed run, although that was one I just sort of did for fun, right. you know, like I got sub hour in that and then sub 55, but never. I mean, the world record for those types of games are just insane. There's, you have some other records, too, for another game. They're top top 10, but that's a Shadowgate for that's the NES. It's, it's actually a port of an old like 1980s Mac Venture series <laughs> of games. They were like a series. It's also Uninvited is another one. And there's another one in the series. I can't, I can see the cover for it. You're like a detective. I can't, I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but there were like a point and click series of games. And so the Shadowgate NES version is actually a port. And again, sort of on the same theme, I talked about playing games that sort of made an impact on me as a, yeah. as a child. That was another one. I remember playing that game at my grandmother's house on an NES that she had when I would visit and I would play it. I remember having the crap scared out of me from the, uh, the Grim Reaper would die. I, I remember I, I I just could not even look at it. And it had that scary, ominous, like sad music. Everybody has that. Like I have that from a kid. Like I remember playing Ninja Gaiden. And when that lady shoots you in the beginning of it on the NES, that image still haunts my brain. <laughs> and the mask that chases you in Super Mario Brothers 2, Phantasm, the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah that mask. That, that 
thing was scary. It's almost like the sun in Super Mario. It's Brothers the same 3. mechanic. They just they made it so it didn't yeah. scare children. And the music they threw over that was just intense too. Yes. Yeah, your blood, your heartbeat oh, would yeah. just immediately speed up. Yes, yeah. if I hear it now, high it chill up my like. You ever play Earthbound? Play it just to play it and slower. Can you not? Is it like I just gotta rush through this thing? There's been a couple times where like at the end of a long night where I couldn't get anything going, I just kind of screw around going around. You're like, hey, what's this guy mm-hmm. say? Because sort of like you mentioned earlier it's a funny game the dialogue is really wacky and you miss all of that in the speed run but to answer your question no i don't think i could do a casual playthrough of it at this point you know not not because it would be like too grating but a lot of the the appeal of it is just wandering around and figuring out where to go now i did do a casual playthrough of mother and mother one and I, I got the same vibe. It's For anyone that played Earthbound as a kid, and they're like, oh, I wish I could play it again and had the same feeling. Go play Mother 3. Go play Mother 1. Now, some people say that Mother 1 didn't age as well and that, you know, it's really harsh with the spawn rate. But I, I did it. It was fun, though. I liked it. I don't think it was as bad as a lot of people said. But then again, I'm used to just pounding my head against my desk with the speed run. So maybe I'm not like... <laughs> The right guy to ask about whether it was frustrating. Well, were you or not. going for speed on those two, or were you just playing two? No, those those were just blind okay. playthroughs. I actually did the mother playthrough as my Twitch partner celebration, and I did the mother one playthrough as my Discord partner oh, right celebration. I'd always, I'd always, those were sort of the incentive, you know, like, hey, you know, let's get the viewer count up, let's get the follower count up, you know, this, and then that was the incentive. I've never been real big on incentive. Right. I've always been more of just a, a grind monkey, but those were a couple times where I was like, hey, you know, we're going to do something fun and take a break after. The first time I played Mother One is when it was out on Wii U. I bought it when they rebranded it as Earthbound New Beginnings. Yeah, yeah. Beginning Earthbound Beginnings. And right. uh, I found it enjoyable. I thought it was interesting about how he has asthma, like the little mechanics they put in of the oh, kid, yeah. and then like, Lucas, the only way you can play it in America, unless you got a Japanese port, is to find a ROM or emulator and then get the fan patch, right? Yeah, it was never officially released. The way that I did it was I got a uh, an RGB modded NES and I bought the suit or the uh, the EverDrive N8 uh, flash cart and I played it that way and I used sort of a a combo because I had the NES version, but it had Tomatoes GBA port. Uh, dialogue crammed into the NES version, and it had a D sensor patch as well. It's actually highlighted on my uh, Twitch channel on my YouTube. Sadly, I never saved the Mother uh, 3 playthrough back then. I had just gotten Twitch Partner, and I had longer VOD storage, and I just kept putting it off, and then it it got deleted. But I didn't make that mistake with Mother 1. Everyone wants Mother 3. Everyone wants that so bad. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, as with everything with COVID going on in the world right now, if Nintendo just really wanted to blow everyone away they could put it on the they you have the online snes shop but they could even just give it a new look because um what's the creator of earthbound you're probably thinking of that's it though he was the one he's the one that's openly i'm not making another earthbound because it's like a band after the third cd that sucks right correct he 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 said that he wouldn't mind if someone Mm -hmm. else made one but that he doesn't want to he doesn't want to do one but i know there's some fan-made games isn't there a mother four that's fan-made yeah, there's a Mother 4, but they are rebranding it. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but they had to rebrand it. It's not something I've really followed super closely, although a lot of people in the Earthbound community are into it, and I hear about it from them. I, for whatever reason, I've just never been into like the fan games right. and the ROM hacks and all that. I've been more of like the, the boring old originalist, you know, sitting here playing my games from the 90s. But anyway, that point aside, they apparently are still working on that, 
but they're having to get rid of my understanding. They're having to get rid of all the mother likenesses because they're worried about not necessarily copyright infringement, but also just like the right. name, you know, like trademark violation. And so they're having to go through and rebrand it. I think they're doing it to avoid the uh, the AM2R treatment right. that another Metroid 2 remake came out. And then they got the DMCA takedown and all that. Not only that, but Nintendo's been going really hard against like ROM yeah. sites and stuff. I think it was a really prominent site. I, I don't, I'm not into that stuff. I think it was Emu Paradise or whatever, though. I saw it in the news where they went after them. And Nintendo's always known for being really aggressive. And so I either they've gotten something in, in uh, secret where they haven't published it, where Nintendo was like, hey, you know, don't do this, or they're just doing it to preemptively avoid it because it, it's going to happen. If they release Mother 4 with the mother name, Nintendo's no. not going to let that slide. The it's Nintendo lawyer ninjas will come at full force. They have, they lawyer up hard. Yeah, they're one of the more aggressive yeah, absolutely. ones about it. That aside, you're speed running less these days, right? Yeah, I got a new job about a month and a half ago. And because of that, I just haven't had time to do it. I think I've done like one mm -hmm. stream since then. You know, sadly, I had to retire the CRT to a closet. It had to make way for another LCD monitor because I do computer programming. So I've got a triple monitor LCD setup and the CRT just had to go because that was only part of my stream setup. But, you know, we, we speed runners were a, uh, we're, yeah. we're a fickle bunch and there's just about having the crt where you're not i remember before i got a crt everyone's like man you don't have a crt it's like you're not legit can you explain what a crt is for those not in the know absolutely so if for anyone here that is of a certain age and you remember the tube tvs mm -hmm. from when you were younger that's a crt it stands for cathode ray tube and it basically has an electron gun in there that just fires electrons through a vacuum and there's a couple different things about it the first is some people that are just originalists they think that's the way that these games were meant to be played that they were designed to be viewed on them even like the ones with the curved glass on the front i remember when i did my first run on the crt when i got the titanic ant and you had that kind of oscillating background behind them i remember saying whoa it almost looks kind of 3d because of the curved glass which is something you don't see on the lcd so you've got that aspect that it's the way that the art was meant to be viewed but on top of that it's the it's the speed factor so obviously just due to the nature of how lcds work and the fact that those liquid crystals when they like open and close they have a finite amount of time but it's not zero and compared to the electrons there's a difference there. Now, obviously, they have gaming LCD monitors, and it's a small difference. Some people argue that you really can't tell a difference. But if you want to have the fastest response time, you've got to have a CRT. You might be wondering, what, what does that matter for an RPG speedrun? You know, you're not doing, like, you know, right. fast inputs and everything. Well, it's for the menuing. Like, when you press the cursor, you need to see it immediately in order for your timing to be good. If you, if you press it, and if you have, like, half a second, I mean, it probably wouldn't be half a second, like a quarter of a second of input delay, which is the measure of time between pressing the button and seeing the result that can really mess with you. It's almost like it's almost like you're playing through Jello, you know. It just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel responsive, and you can really feel that on emulator, like on emulator on a CR on a uh, LCD. When I went from that over to console on a CRT, it was like night mm. and day. In a nutshell, especially for the RNG manipulation, where your inputs have to be perfect, because if you do a wrong input, you ruin the RNG manip. You really need that responsiveness, and in order for it to be responsive, you have to see it as quickly as possible. With the speedrun community too, like you guys, is it? Have you found the in Earthbound itself as a big community has a big following, kind of like a I don't want to say a cult following, but somewhat a way. It's very you know the the fan base is very passionate. Have you found the fan base in the speedrunning community to be really accepting, really helpful? How has that been? I mean. 
in the communities, you know, things cut both ways. It really, it really depends. I would say overall, the Earthbound community is great. There's a ton of great people in there. Speedrunning community as a whole is pretty great. Now, obviously, you know, you've got different, like the bigger community gets, obviously, it's not going to be one right. homogenous unit. You know, you've got different little subgroups and in there. But my time in the speedrunning community and in the Earthbound community overall has has been great. And then as far as my community in particular, I love those guys. You know, the biggest things I think of with speedrunning is games done quick. What do you mm -hmm. do you think this year with COVID, if they're going to be able to do? Because it's they do great things for charity. And do you, how is that model going to change, do you think, this year? I, I've seen some chatter about it. And I, I thought either they were thinking about or they had announced they were just going to okay. be doing it virtually or whatever. But wh whether the, I don't know if that decision has been made or if that was just something to be considered. But that's probably the way it would have to go. I mean, I've been to a couple different GDQs. I can tell you right now, that's not something that I would want to go to right now with mm. all the, the COVID stuff going on. I mean, there's just so many people crammed in there. And then not to not to really say anything, but, you know, some of these gaming events are known, like some people with the hygiene is not exactly the best. Right. They, they've actually had to write, like, hygiene policies into some of these convention rules. And if you're not complying, even before COVID, you could get kicked out. And so... Uh, I'm just gonna come out and say it. There'll probably be a lot of people not washing their hands and stuff there, and it just seems like a it'd be a great way to go and uh, yeah, know, get get your exposure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've spread. been to PAX once or twice, and it seems like there's definitely rooms where I'm like, yeah, we should probably keep our distance here. I don't really know. We should be shaking or giving hugs. Yeah. Away. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you know definitely. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I had a question for you. That so you're a programmer by trade, sure. right? So did this love for Earthbound mm -hmm. and seeing how the gears turned underneath it, did that lead you to, down a career of programming or were you a programmer and then that interest spiked when you got back to Earthbound later in life? Uh, no, I was actually a programmer already. I found speedrunning and sort of uh, Twitch and everything shortly after graduating from college. Uh, I got a computer science degree and there are actually a lot of programmers and CS nerds in the speedrunning community. They definitely seem to be overrepresented. And there's just something about the RNG manip that just appealed to my programmer brain. I'm like, wow, they were literally controlling the pro. It's almost like hacking, right. sort of like in a lesser sense. It's the same idea of taking control of the execution and making it do what you want it to do. And so it definitely was the fact that I was a programmer already and it just, it spoke to me. I had to understand what these people were doing. Like I remember the first time, I believe it was Ultimo Isis stream was the first one I ever saw doing the Manip. And I was just absolutely blown away and I had to know more because they don't have anything like that in Super Metroid. That's all about, you know, frame perfect tricks and just all the inputs in the execution. It's almost closer to like a fighting game, you know? It's all about button right. inputs. So I want to talk more about just Earthbound a bit too, because I'm playing through it, you know, and like the unique mechanics of it. One of my favorite mechanics that I think I would have never got as a kid is when you get to the waterfall password section after you're leaving Threed. And Shelby, you oh, never played yeah. the game. So there's a mm -hmm. section where you go to it and a character says, what's the password? And the only way you can get past it mm -hmm is to stand there and not touch your controller for 10 minutes. What? It's the biggest <laughs> early troll in a video game ever. With the speed run, that does that drive speedrunners nuts? I would think that would be like a breaking point. It's like, come on, this game, this is a mechanic that's really taking a giant chunk of my time. But if you're doing a glitchless run. You would think so. But if you take a big picture view, it's actually great because it's such a long game. Uh, you need bathroom breaks. And that is the perfect bathroom break. I know there's a few games out there where call. they're four or five, six hours long and you don't have those long cutscenes, and people literally just have to hold it. 
or they have to go run as quick as they can. But Earthbound, th- those guys were so nice <laughs> thinking of us speedrunners, putting all those cuts. <laughs> there are so many cutscenes that are two to three minutes long, and you have plenty of opportunities to run and go use the bathroom. So it's it's nice, and it gives the viewer a chance too. You ever remember watching one of those marathons yes. where it was like no breaks? Or I mean, I guess maybe it'd be closer to like a movie theater where right. you know you got to miss something to leave. So it's a good opportunity for people to run and go get a drink or grab a snack. Well, I know like Caleb Hart would nicely. do the old Final Fantasy VII, and that was like a nine-hour game. Oh yeah, I, I don't know how people do uh, yeah. that. That's way too long for me. We have backlogs. Is there any game that you've wanted to play your whole life, or something that you've always started besides Earthbound? Now that you've become a master of, that you want to go back to and beat? Do you have anything on your backlog? Obviously, Mother 3 and Mother 1, even from a kid, I already did those recently, but those Mm -hmm. are ones that had always been out there because I'd always heard about them. I would say the game right now that I probably would be most likely to do a casual playthrough Mm. would be Undertale. It's Mm. got a lot of connection to the Earthbound community. Now, one thing about that is apparently it has one of the most rabid fan bases out there, and I think that's putting it lightly. And so for it being a blind playthrough, people tell me, you know, you're going to have people coming in here spoiling it. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I have watched some Undertale speed runs. It's not something I watched a lot of, but there were some other people in the Earthbound community that also would speed run Undertale. But I would like to, I'd like to play well, that. My Undertale was supposed one. to be like a mod, right? It was a Halloween mod of Earthbound. I think it was originally how it, Toby Fox got his start with it. Yeah. So the Halloween hack was a ROM hack or a mod of Earthbound. But then he went on Undertale. It, there are some uh, similarities there. You can see that there's definitely some inspiration in Undertale from the Halloween hack. But Undertale yes. is just a fans just a try to connect game. that Sans is Ness, right? Like that's the big thing there. Yeah, I actually watched that video because so many people used to talk about it. You know, I would meme about it and joke about it, just being stupid. But I finally was like, you know what? I should probably go watch this video. And I mean, I watched it. That video got a lot of hate for Matt Pat. He even did another video where he was like crying, talking about it, about all the hate that he got. And I really didn't think it was that bad. Now, of course, you know, obviously we'll never know unless Toby Fox just comes right out and says it. But I thought that the video was, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I thought that the the level of criticism was unfair. People mm-hmm. have images of things in their mind and that's how it works for them. And they're not maybe as open-minded when it strays the path a bit, you know? Don't ruin my, my vision. Don't ruin, don't ruin my ships, right? Everyone has like, this character yep. stands this character. I, Undertale is also on my backlog too. That's actually, I'm thinking of doing Earthbound and oh, Undertale. Great. I am a teacher by trade. So I had students for years going, and my last name's Cool. Like, Mr. Cool, have have you played Undertale? Uh-huh. I was like, no, I keep hearing about this game. And I had one student, he told me to name my character Frisk. And he's like, yeah, name it Frisk. That's like the true mode. That's his name. And I was like, okay. And I couldn't get past it. I was like, what's going on? And then a student finally goes, oh, yeah, that's the t- t- like the demo mode. You can't beat that. And I, uh, <laughs> I oh, graded man. that student's test a bit harder the next week when I found that out. Hey, there like, you go. Oh. Oh, you like forgot that. to carry this five. <laughs> but so are you playing any other games currently, newer games? Right now, I'm not. I just started right. this new job, and I've been pretty busy with that and uh, haven't really had time to do anything. And generally, things that I play, I, once you start streaming, it's kind of hard to just play something okay. on your own. It's like, you know, when you have the stream going on, it's almost like you're hanging out, playing it with other people. And so anything that I do casually like that, I probably would just throw on the yeah. stream and do with everyone. But right now, I'm still trying to get into the new routine with trying to fit that in with work and everything. I would like to get back here to doing some streams here pretty soon. I've uh, 
we just finished a pretty big project at work and so hopefully things will start slowing down i can get back to doing some streams. okay best character in earthbound really quick for me i'm giving you some lightning round questions here Ness, easy easy worst character in earthbound Oh, I, I would have to tell you what the community would say, and it would be Jeff. Ah, you know, Jeff good. You know what? My brother-in-law will love hearing that. Everyone, you know, <laughs> Jeff's are harmless. Uh, now, <laughs> I need to know something about this, because I talked to Shelly about this with you. The pokey abortion theory. What do you think about that? What do I think about you hate it? it? I hate it. Oh, man. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Both Atoy and Marcus Lindblom, who was the localization director, have both said that it's well, well a toy said it's not true and Lindblom said that it's nothing that they did intentionally now maybe some like rogue artist slipped it in and you know stuck it in there without any official approval but then that would mean it because people try to use that as like the uh like the linchpin for a lot of other theories and i just don't like it at the end of the day it's a kid's right. game i think it's really weird and for me i couldn't even see it someone had to literally take a screenshot and draw an outline of the fetus in order for me to see it. And then it was like the magic eye thing where it popped out. And of course now I can always see it. But on top of that, for whatever reason, the people, the people that push that theory are like really, really outspoken. And I've had uh, so many people come into my stream. And when I say, I don't like the theory, it's like, they want to try to convince me to change my mind. And they just, they, they can't just accept that. It's not the, it's not the theory right. that everyone believes in. It's like, no, this is the one true theory. And those people just, they, they, I don't know why, maybe it's just a bad sample that I've had experience with, but I've just had a lot of really pushy people come in talking about that theory. And when I say, I don't like it, it it's like, I'm wrong that, you know, they got to change my mind. I'm like, man, we can have a difference. Of no, it's 2020. Mind. You have to agree or you're my enemy. <laughs> exactly. Don't you understand? The one true opinion. We are one with me or you against me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the one other thing I'll say real quick about that is that a lot of people actually misinterpret the movie. It's like the, it, it's like some 1960s horror movie, like the, the something bride and the military policeman or something. I can't, right. I he, can't remember the name of it off the top of my he, head. The creator got uh, a toy, right? He says the scene was based right. off when he was like really young. He walked into a rated R movie and there's this really, bad horror scene that scarred him for life and he took the imagery from that it's like the uh are you, i don't know if you're familiar in the final fantasy 8 community there was this thing about the squall is dead theory where okay no, it's an interesting that theory that the whole game you're playing that when squall gets hit with the icicle squall died and you are playing from him uh in the afterlife interesting so almost like yes yes and the creators of final fantasy 8 have come out like no that's not true at all but if you read it and you want it to be what you think, it would be very interesting. And I think that's the same thing with the, when I told this to Shelby, this, that there's this fan theory that you were going in time. His, go ahead, Shelby. Let, let's give your take. Just, no, no. I mean, no way. They, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. I, I refuse to believe it. He showed me the screenshots. I'm like, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm just going to like pretend yeah, that I never saw toy, that. I mean, if you look at it, it's almost like an inkblot test. Because if you want to really know what I think it is, if you invert it and flip it upside down, it looks like Geiger yeah. from Mother One, and a lot of people don't know about that. And I would be more more apt to believe that than what they put in there. And not only that about the Geiger's as a fetus theory, but people take it so much further and say it's like a space abortion, <laughs> and like the theories just get weirder right. and weirder. Yeah, I mean they get like just straight right. up kind of creepy in a kids game. It's it's just it's just always kind of been weird to me. I don't know. Uh, needless to say, I'm not a fan of the theory, yeah. and everyone knows that. I've been very outspoken 
on my stream that I do not believe that theory. I, I don't, like don't it. believe it either because obviously the creators come out and say it. But it's funny what people. It's funny exactly. what people can see. Exactly. Like I like I like it when people have interesting takes because you know like it's like art because video mm -hmm. games are art, right? And Earthbound is an example sure. of art. And this is someone interpreted this art like you and I could look at the Mona Lisa and have very wildly different interpretations of it, right? Someone can see it for this beautiful painting. Mm -hmm. Someone can see it as like a really pissed off lady, right? That's not really happy. <laughs> There's all these different takes. That aside, it's still interesting that that fan base can become so rabid over like a hot take, you know? Dude, I think it's just, I think it's just yeah, the internet it, right now, though. I yeah. mean, everybody is looking for a conspiracy oh, always. Yeah. Like the steel beams, you know, it oh, all started yeah. then, and now it's just gotten every, worse and everything. worse every year. I've even like. it, the most extreme one I ever had. I had someone tell me, you know, obviously the way I argue against it is I say a toy said it's not true, and Lindblom, like the two guys that worked on the game, you know, the creator and then the localization director, and someone literally told me it's not a fan theory no he said it's not a fetus theory it's a fetus fact and a toy is a liar like literally saying that the creator of the game is lying and then i finally had someone tell me i'm like why would he lie and they're saying because he thinks that he could get in trouble for slipping that in back then and i'm like dude that's such a stretch theory or a lot of weird stuff in that game you know like the whole blue cult uh you having to bail out the yeah. blue brothers thank the you runaway five yeah or the or the Tanzura brothers in uh right. in the Japanese and like, version. I feel like that's a game that and for from the time made that some of the jokes could, you couldn't do anymore. Oh yeah, for sure. So with your hopes and what you want to see, do you think what do you think the peak record will be for Earthbound or what's next for the Earthbound community? And what's next for your community? Well, first off with Earthbound right now, after the leaderboard sweep, I went back and I got the any percent record once from that. But since then, I've sort of been out of the the record mm -hmm. hunt. Like I said, you know, life kind of changed for me, got a job. You know, I'd been doing it for over three years. Sadly, nothing lasts forever. So for me with records, I may be done, you know, never say never. But as far as who's still going, Dr. Swellman is pretty much the, uh, the, the top dog right now. He's come by and uh, beaten quite a few of mine, probably on pace to uh, take a few more, bought me on the leaderboard. But as far as the the category goes i hate to say it but i don't really see much more improvement like when i first came around there were so many things that we were like you know one day the time is going to get so low figure out a way to do that like the manip got extended up through tucson there were like some minor reroutes in some of the other categories i hate to say it thing things are seeming kind of dead right now if with speedrunning done and you i know you're professional you're kind of like in our boat we're just gaming to because it's been a lifelong hobby for us with your community do you think you'll just maybe casually stream and do other things or keep streaming from time to time what's next for your community so the way it's probably going to go is that i will probably transition into doing more casual stuff because there are some things that were always sort of on my backlog but i was the type of person that just liked to hit it and hit it hard like all the time with the grinding i know there's been quite a bit of uh chatter like a lot yeah. of people want to see me do say like chrono trigger now that's a game i already played as a kid although i never beat it i got to the end but i never actually beat uh -huh. it so it would be fun to do yes. that and then like the final fantasy games on super nintendo i never played any of those uh, so that would be another thing i could do but as far as grinding out four hour world record speed runs where sometimes you gotta start over for two to three hours before you can even get a run going sadly now that i have the job i think those days are are done for me so but you're a purist in that you will only play it on the super nintendo right you won't play it on any other yeah and considering that i mean i've I've got a flash cart, so if I want to play any other like Super Nintendo game, I can do it on my setup. And 
I I mean, I have a pretty right. pretty nice setup, and so I really like to use it because, like I said, I've got the RGB modded uh, Super Nintendo, the OSSC, you know, a really nice internal capture card. I made a really big deal about getting the best game capture that I could. I mean, there's people that come in sometimes, and they think that I'm playing on, like, the the SNES Classic or whatever, or that I'm playing on emulator. But that was something that it, that almost came like a hobby unto itself, just becoming like a, a video capture nerd. But it uh, it was a fun journey. I learned a lot in doing it. I kind of right. turned to like audio quality after that. It's like, what do you do now? But all those, I, I liked doing that, like tinkering with the things. And I really liked improving that. So yeah, any casual games nice. I do will be on original hardware. I, well, I don't want to keep you longer because I said, I know we said we're going to talk for like 30 minutes. Where can people find you? Sure. So uh, my Twitch page is twitch.tv forward slash Sirium. That's C-E-R-I-A-M. Also got a YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Sirium, uh, spelled the same C-E-R-I-A-M. And then my Twitter account is Sirioid, uh, C-E-R-I-O-I-D. And those are really the best uh, the best ways to find me. I also have a Discord, discord.gg forward slash Sirium. Well, thank you for coming today. Well, hey, thanks for having me. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to our interview with Sirium. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah, that was fun. I'm glad that we had him on and we could talk Earthbound and the hot topics and uh, some of the controversy behind the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That that was neat. That was neat. Yeah. So uh, we're going to keep this back portion of the cast a little bit short, but have you been playing anything, Casey? Yeah, I've just been playing Dragon's Dogma. Nice. And I and that's got my hooks. I know you and our friend Franklin were texting me about I should play The Witcher because The Witcher's better because it has a TV show and it's Metacritic <laughs> scores this or that. I am just think our friend may have heard the podcast from last week and then you started shitting on The Witcher mm-hmm. a little bit and then it was like maybe you should play the witcher before you start throwing stones kind of deal first off (laughs) i didn't throw stones i played it it's a i've seen it i know it's a great game i'm not denying that but no you have to play it all if you're gonna if you're gonna suffer through dragon's dogma you have to suffer through Witcher. i'm not suffering through dragon's dogma because i'm enjoying it that's the difference but you did hate it up until two weeks ago i hated it because i was playing it in a state of mind that was not clear because i was half asleep when I was awake and I tried that and I actually paid attention to what was going on, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. So I, what I heard you say is I hated it because, and then you like, so you're basically admitting that you hated it. It's okay. It's all right. You'll, you'll, you'll come around on Witcher 3. I'll get it. But Dragon's mm-hmm. Dogma, you're in. You like it. Your hooks yes. Are, the hooks so are in So because you. it's the Dark Arisen, which is the expansion, This the game was released a long time ago and now it's a port on the Switch. And uh, I, there's someone, there's an event where like, oh, go at nighttime go at nighttime to the dock and talk to this person. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And it takes you to some island with these epic quests that are the DLC quests. But I was able to change my job class really fast. So I went from a fighter to a warrior. And the warrior uses two-handers, right? So the thing about that is, though, when you start as a warrior at the beginning of the game, there's no two-handed weapons. So I was punching and kicking everything with, like, a big mace. Like, I'm kicking, like, a, a, a bunch of thieves. A bunch of thieves tried to jump me. I had to go back and fight the... 20,000 wolves again. Uh, but that was fine. But now you have a two-handed sword, so you're okay, right? No, it was barehanded because I had to get to the castle city to go buy a two-handed sword. Dude, don't they give you a stick like in Zelda? Like, here's a stick. Go take out all the baddies. So when you switch job classes, you can only equip certain things. I found out, so you have your pawn. Your pawn is the guy you create that's like your ward. It's your sidekick. And I made mine my, he's a rogue. 
uses knives and arrows, and he does all the dirty work. And then I recruited a, two mages. Yeah, you. So the other thing is, people that make their pawns, you can recruit their pawns because of the, the internet access. So if let's say you made a character, and I happen to run into them in the city, if I had enough certain amount of points, I can recruit them to my team and have like four people follow me. So I have two mages because they can heal. And they can do a lot of burst damage. And then I just run in there with my 200 sword and rage. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> um, I just explored a catacomb. And so at the bottom of the catacomb, you find this crystal and all these tendrils monsters come up. Think of like, you know the movie Tremors? Yeah. So think of giant worms that come up the ground with just teeth. <laughs> and you can cut their heads off. You keep on, but it doesn't stop, right? So I died to it like six times. I was like, maybe I'm not supposed to fight them. And I was right. I had, you had to run away. What? It's very dungeon. Yeah. They did not want you to stay in combat. You had to run back up the catacomb. And running up to the catacomb, you had, there was a giant. And the giant's level 80, which I am not ready. I'm level like 14. <laughs> so I had to run past him. My teammates died. I ran out. The cutscene happens where we all run out. And then I can revive them, luckily, because we're back into the pawn guild. Uh, there's a lot of little cool mechanics to the game. You can fail a quest, too, and not get to do the quest ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's. A, cool. I I've never played that in the game. It gives me a lot of anxiety if I start the quest where it's like, <laughs> oh, I have to start the game over, or I can choose just to move on, right? And yeah. but if you don't do the side quest right, the side quest is gone forever. So I had one where there's like a flower picking thing, and I picked the flowers during the day, and it didn't do in the night ones. Or like, oh, you moved, you progressed too far in the game. This this quest has failed and over. It's like no. Oh. Yeah, I don't know about you, but like whenever I go into a game like that, that's a long-reaching RPG, I'm always like, okay, when do I get past the point of no return on these right. quests? Like, I have to go back and try to finish them right. if I want so to. Right, so I kind of had to just bite my lip and go, okay. Because I kind of just want to enjoy the mainline story, and I kind of just like, I want to, I'm enjoying the hack and slash part of it. Like the parts where you climb on the monsters and can cut their heads, or you can trip them. Um, the mages can... In, uh, enchant your weapons with their magic power so like my sword can be on fire and it's fun nice. um I, I love seeing people's pawns too like you'll see someone that makes like a really old lady with a giant two-handed mace that's level like a million uh, you're like oh man i really <laughs> want to recruit this person because the character probably now now i have to play this i mean old women double-handing mm -hmm. weapons i mean that's where it's at that's how you know you've made a good game yeah you can make your character fat like you can you can be any body shape. I love that too. I had the idea of making a fat wizard, just going full like awesome. has a gut. It was like oh whatever. <laughs> I'm just lightning bolt, lightning bolt. And then I went back to Cuphead and I beat the first five again because like I told you, I found out that when you play on simple, because I'm a simp, as the kids are saying on the internet, you yeah. don't get end credits. You can't get end credits. You can't get the contracts. Dude, you got to play that in big boy mode. You can't keep it on easy no. mode. There's no way. But that's all I've been playing. What about you? Uh, I am. I God of War has like taken over my life. Yeah, this yeah. game is so good. And I, when I spoke on it last week, I mentioned that there was an axe. You like quite a way into the game, you unlock a whole other weapon and a whole other skill tree, which I did not see coming. It yeah. felt like it was sixty to seventy-five percent of the way through the game, and then it unlocked, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Was it the blades? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, you can't was. have him without the blades. Dude. That's what he is. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I just kind of was moving on. And like, okay, here's the tech tree. I'm just going to move forward with it. And then when they unlocked, it it really gives the combat one more layer of depth. I'll also say that this story in this game has no business being as good as it is. You know, at first I was like, okay, it could go places. And it really goes places. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, it seems like it's subtle enough and the characters are deep enough that this game deserves to get all the credit that it got last year. I mean, I am just blown away. Like, to take a meathead like Kratos and turn him into a character that people can actually empathize with um, is really a feat in my mind. I also think it's pretty neat how they are playing with the relationships between the father and son, and you see the son begin to act maybe like a younger Kratos would have and that really grates on Kratos as a character and it's pretty neat like I don't want to spoil anything um on this cast here if for those of you who are listening out there but um highly recommend go play it I I almost want somebody to like come on this cast and you want to finish with it just so we can spoil the entire thing because man that that game is good that game was really good. I think maybe near Christmas time we'll do like a spoiler cast for all our games or games. That we yeah, discuss. yeah, definitely. Is he a better dad? Has he is his, is his parenting skills improving? Yeah, yeah. Because in in the beginning, I kind of said he was just kind of an a hat, right? Like he was uh-huh. just like no boy. But what you come to realize is because he's been holding so much from his son, his son misinterprets his father. And, like, assumes things of his father and then holds resentments towards him. So as the story progresses, Kratos eventually has to come clean with his past and the truth um, of his history. And and unfolding that piece and kind of conveying Mm. that is pretty neat. Um, There's definitely some young angst within the kid as well like he has emotions at one point there's like a whole section where the boy's just like whatever 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 i'm just like this is totally something a teen would do so uh it sounds like something a five-year-old would do because my (laughs) son's on a whatever kick and i'm sometimes i looked at my wife today like i'm about to like have a long talk with this young man or sit on him uh i this game has got its hooks in me i cannot stop playing it i play it once a day at least and normally that becomes an hour to three so i stayed up till midnight at one point and i will finish this game before i leave on my trip in a few days like Uh, there is no doubt in my mind like i have to see it through depending on when we get done here i may go try to knock it out tonight but i still feel like i have a handful of hours left I think the triple P is coming to me. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. One thing that I will say about this God of War game is that they've been trying to juke me a little bit. They're like, our journey is coming to an end. And then, like, something will happen, right, where you think it, there's about to climax. And um, you have to go on a whole other quest. And that's happened at least twice. Um, but I believe I'm actually coming up on, on the true ending. So we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, th- that's what I've been playing. When I go on my trip, I'm probably going to take my Switch as well. So when we meet again, I will probably have played some Obra Dinn or uh, Divinity nice. Original Sin. Nice. Well, love so, important to hear about that. We'll see. Should we yeah. get into the news? Let's do it. Okay. Why don't you start us off with the hot, hot news. The big three. They're decided. We know we give you guys a lot of stories. We're going to narrow it down to three weeks. So this is our big three. 
Yes, it is. And the first story we have up is regarding Evo 2020. As you know, COVID is real in our world right now, and Evo is going online this year for 2020. So the announcement came out officially talking about the games that would be covered as well as the tournaments that anybody could just hop into. So the lineup is going to be Undernight in Breath, Dragon Ball Fighters Z, Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, Soul Calibur 6, um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, and Samurai Showdown is going to be part of the Evo lineup. And then they're also going to be open, uh, they're also going to be doing four open online tournaments as well. Those include Mortal Kombat 11, Killer Instinct, Them's Fighters, Herds, and Skullgirls Encore. Casey, uh, there's something missing from this list though, huh? Yes. Yes, it was the most entries last year that most entrants were in it, and that's very notable. That's the biggest fighting game ever sold, Smash Ultimate. Yeah, so though Evo hasn't come out and said anything specifically regarding why Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is not um, being in Evo this year, people are speculating that it's because of the infamous poor online infrastructure that they've had, correct? Yeah, it's absolutely that. The online is doo-doo. It is hot, 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 hot garbage. So there's an (laughs) issue with online tournaments they're having because people are playing Sonic the Hedgehog. And Sonic has certain Mm -hmm. mechanics that makes the game time out where you can just avoid the fight and people are winning by having horrible Wi-Fi connection. Like if you lived in Bosnia and had one bar of Wi-Fi and entered Evo, you'd be champ. Is that right? Now, um, have, you, have you run into any of those issues when you play? Do you yeah. still play online quite a yeah. bit? Yeah, I play okay. online quite a bit. I played a little bit. When you have a connection or a room and you know the people on your Wi-Fi, it's fine. But if you play online, you get games that... You get something called G- GSP. It's like your global skill points, right? And a certain level, you hit Elite Smash. And I've, I've always gotten so close. I'm, I'm. That's something I really want to do is unlock Elite Smash. I'm like almost always there. But if you like go on a horrible losing streak and you go below a certain tier of points... You're playing all people with horrible, horrible internet. Yeah. So if you're trying to train that character back up because you went on a losing streak and you decide to stay in the buzzsaw and not go and back out and try to play someone more at your level, hmm. um, that's an issue. Hmm. But it makes sense. But yeah. it should be gone. You know, originally Mortal Kombat 11 was not on the original lineup for this year's Evo. So that's interesting that they got moved on. And then the uh, what was the name of the game? The Herd one? Yeah, I hadn't even heard of that. Them's Fighting Herds. It's hilarious. You're like a llama or a sheep. You're barn animals. <laughs> and it's a cool fighting game. I'm actually really excited to watch that one. And I like that they're spreading it out. Um, I, I will be watching Evo because the only thing I'm going to miss is like we're not going to see the pop-offs. You know, like when people get hyped up. Or people go on runs. It's not going to be like last year, the Smash Ultimate champion, MK Leo, who's considered the best Smash Ultimate wow. player, he came back in the loser's bracket and he's playing a guy who won everything in mm-hmm. winner's bracket. He down to like last match, he starts winning and he runs it back on. He reverse sweeps him. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was so awesome. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 And we're not going to see those moments that much this year, I think. I think that's going to be the story. 
I mean, it, it'll be, you're probably right. I mean, to some extent, you're probably right. You know, I have been impressed with the way that a lot of these big conferences and television shows are pivoting right now. Like uh, my in-laws were in town recently and they uh, were watching American Idol. And the production quality of even that show is pretty high. I was pretty shocked to see what they could do. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did like a behind the music or maybe like interview type um, platform with some of these things at least i would hope they would because there's so much emotion in these evo tournaments you would hope they'd be able to capture that to some yeah, extent that's sad um i'm gonna still watch i you know as much as i love smash i love fighting games the other the real sad thing was this is the 20th anniversary of marvel versus capcom 2 which is a staple mm. in the fighting game community so i know you're not uh as on the scene as i am so it's a tag battler in that you've played Marvel vs. Capcom, right? Uh, yeah. I mean the the one that came out years ago, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was three. It, the idea is you have a tag system, right? right? You can switch in between the three characters. It's been arcade. So that so Marvel vs. Capcom came out. There's a newer one that came out last year, and it was not received mm. very well. And what happened was the Dragon Ball Z Fighter game came out at the same time, and they're both tag battlers, and Dragon Ball Z Fighter just blew it out of the water because wow. it's mechanically really sound the pixel art is amazing um so that's one that's had a really cool community and i'll be watching that because they made some changes to that but uh the grand blue fantasy also interests me because that's a based off of gotcha yeah game. it'll be interesting to see you know what rises to the top on this tech on this uh, evo tournament like i don't really wa- follow this as as you know but it'll be interesting to see how it all folds unfolds for this year in 2020 when COVID-19 is so prevalent. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, the other story that is uh, taking up headlines is regarding Ubisoft and them filing a lawsuit against Google and Apple. Um, yeah, right? So basically this lawsuit is concerning Rainbow Six Siege. And this story is from GameSpot, right? I am currently previewing this on GameSpot. Basically what's happening is there's a game called Arena F2, which is a multiplayer shooter, very similar to Rainbow Six Siege in a lot of different ways. This one looks like it's a phone game or for mobile devices, whereas Rainbow Six Siege is more traditional console. But obviously they have something on their mind in terms of being able to prove copyright infringement or something of that nature too bad that if they are really getting curbed by the individual who created this which was actually alibaba um, a a chinese company right megacorp from china then you know the only way that they can really move on this is by suing Google and Apple because they're the app store. Mm-hmm. Is is that what that means? I don't know. Google and Apple haven't made comments on it is my understanding. But it, um, here's the thing. Rainbow Six makes them a ton of money. I think it's like a billion dollar industry. I know people have gotten more into it since its release. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there's something that is pulling money from them, they're going to sick the lawyers on them. Yeah, and and from the screenshots that I've seen, they look very similar. But I, I guess at what point are they able to prove that this company is like actually curbing their game? And I think that's kind of been the gray area on gaming in general. You know what I mean? Like you could run it back to Fortnite taking from Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Like they are basically taking a genre and building upon it. Um, you know, I don't have side by side comparisons to really go off of but it's too bad that they are um 
that they have to go about this in order to protect their IP. I'm kind of glad I'm taking a stand because I don't like it when companies just copy what you're doing. Like, it's like that, um, you know, they've been talking about the Diablo phone game for a while. Mm-hmm. And there's that one game that is a phone game that fits very similar to it. And I don't know. It's hard to see. Like, you remember Flappy Bird? Yep. That taste that totally had those pipes are totally from Mario, right? <laughs> but that was a phenomenon, right. and no one sued them. They he bailed out of the game quick enough before he got sued. He made his money and bounced, right? Well, I don't know. I I know what happened with Flappy Bird is like everybody and their mother came out with a Flappy Bird's equivalent, like on the app right. store. Like the following weeks, just those uh, copycat apps took over the stores. Um, you know, in this case, yeah. Ubisoft. Um, you know, they've been making some pretty good business moves. Like, they've had some good stuff in their portfolio. This Rainbow Six Siege is obviously one of those gems in their crown. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, they can protect it in some way. Um, oh, I uh, think, for sure. I think it's going to be hard for them to prove it to actually win this lawsuit because you're comparing a console PC game to a mobile device game. And based on my research, I don't believe Rainbow Six has an equivalent that works on the no. phone in the mobile device category. Maybe they were planning on, you know, iterating on their next Rainbow Six, Six Siege and taking it to all the mobile platforms. Right. Who knows? That's what everyone's doing. And speaking of everyone, let's move on to our final story. Video games are really popular right now, dude. <laughs> Go figure, right? right? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah. Spike in video game sales. Huge spike. This is one of the biggest. This is according to CNET. And the spike, it sales were up 9% from the same quarter from last year. Uh, it spent a record $10.86 billion on computer wow. game hardware and accessories. And I'm curious how much people money is being spent on, uh, how do I wear this, second sold consoles, black market consoles, Craigslist consoles. Because I know I had a friend who was looking for a Switch for weeks just because everyone had one mm-hmm. now or everyone wanted one and because they're so hard to get because people were selling them for double the markup on craigslist really yeah oh. like oh we, i try to buy ring fit right now no thanks i'm good <laughs> yeah uh, well one the exercise would be good for you but two it's uh it's really hard to get a console and in nintendo's manufacturing in china is part of the issue there but uh, yeah of course video game sales are going to be up I'm curious to see how movie sales are, because now Scooby-Doo, which I just watched with my kids, which was good, um, you know, went straight to video on demand. Trolls movie went straight on demand, and that made like $100 million its first weekend. Did it really? And Yeah, cool. dude. Yeah. I think I, I, it's weird that people are protecting videos, and then I'm curious how this affects the physical sales of video games because people are accepting like oh yeah i can just get the digital yeah i I, well i mean let's face it i mean it's gonna come to pass i mean the the there the writing is on the wall for tangible goods in terms of the video game sector like it just is yeah so i mean i think this is just pushing it in that direction and actually i was trying to get a component cable for work recently and i went to um the big box store 
um, near my house. And when I went in, like the video game section was just decimated. Like there was nothing left. Like you could not find anything. I went over to like the change the the um, cables and headsets, and it was just wiped out. I mean, there was like sixty spots for different devices on the wall, and I think five of them actually had content in them. So it doesn't surprise me that these stats are coming out showing a huge jump in game sales. I, I this is the best time to game. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm getting ton, a good amount of gaming time in because I have the time now because I'm home more and I can manage my work. But uh, I here's what's gonna be curious: what's gonna happen when less games are coming out, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long this is gonna go. I know California's talking about extending their shelter in place till August. Well, I know a lot of gaming studios are. I don't know, man. We're in some weird times. It's, I'm glad video games are yeah. high. I'm hoping podcasts would be higher. Bazinga. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be it'll remain to be proven what's going to happen in the pipeline. Like I would imagine, there's going to be some big delays. Obviously, there's so much good content out there that uh, very few individuals are through all of that right yeah everybody wants the new hotness of course but hopefully there's enough out there for people to play right. to um to stay sheltered in place because the longer we are at home the better this is going to go over so keep keep on keeping on stay at home play your games for sure yes yeah right. play your games like we've been saying right everyone's yeah. got a backlog <laughs> exactly i'm betting at christmas time sales will be down you think? Yeah, everyone's going to be poor. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the economy is in such a weird place right now. A lot of companies are starting to change the way they do business, mine included. There's a lot of individuals that are unemployed, and even many of the individuals that I know that are unemployed are starting to make their way back to work in some capacity. Yeah. So the, the issue is, is there's a lot of money that was taken out of the economy currently, right? The people yeah. that I know that are going back to work are taking... One individual that comes to mind has taken three pay cuts in the last week. So, you know, first we're going to bring you on at this rate. Well, actually, it's this rate. Or actually, it's this rate. And that's happening to a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. like they're trimming the fat on a lot of different companies right now. Disposable income not being as uh, disposable as it was in the mm-hmm. past. Um, I think you're right. Game sales will be down. But I also think that... There is a better cost-benefit analysis for a game than maybe other things on the market. You know, I bet you it's a really good time to launch a console. <laughs> That's that story is yet to be seen. Yeah, though, but yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah, we will see. Uh-huh. I think people are still going to go out and buy the console. They're not going to be sold out. I don't believe. I think we should move into emails on a brighter note, right? Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. If you want to email us, please feel free to email us at emails at underpoweredmedia dot com. This first one is from Sean in Seattle, not our Sean. I know Casey is known for spoiling stories for you. Well, that's nice. Okay. I asked the following. Would you rather have every movie spoiled for you before you watch it or not be able to watch a new movie until it's been out for a year? Ooh, the second one. The second one. I mean, I'm, I have kids, so that's basically what I have to do right now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, waiting a year is not a problem for me. In fact, when I was at that big box store, I was looking at the new releases. I think I recognized one of oh, the of titles course. on the rack. Like, there was 30, 40 titles there, and I was like, I only recognize this one. Yeah, and it's funny because my wife doesn't have, or my wife, my, my uh, wife. sister doesn't have any kids at all. And um, she's like, you should really watch Parasite. It's really good. You'd enjoy it. I'm like, dude, I'm too busy watching Disney movies. Like, I don't have time to watch Parasite. I've heard good things. I wanted to see that. I know. I remember when I um, watched The Joker 
with my brother. I had to sneak over to my brother-in-law's house to watch the Joker, and I was blown away. That movie was amazing. Yeah. Have you seen it? Nope. No. Oh, no. dude, as a guy who likes superhero movies, you should definitely, 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 definitely watch that. Yeah. No. That should it like that was that movie had me feeling a lot of different feelings at the end of it in a good way. Yeah, I I will see it eventually. I will see it eventually. A little me is a little bit of me like wants to um, boycott the critical darling of the Hollywood Awards ceremonies, and that one was high on everybody's list. You know what I mean? Oh. I want to be that guy sometimes. Oh, uh, you want to be like you want to go against the curve. Exactly. You want to be that kid that like oh everyone likes it so it must be bad. Exactly. It must be yeah. bad. I hate those people. Um, no, it just feels a little pretentious. Uh, without seeing it, the movie seems pretentious. Isn't like, it more pretentious to assume something's pretentious because people like it? I mean, you're taking a Joker <laughs> character that in the '70s was like face makeup and pal wham, and then mm-hmm. Heath Ledger took it dark, and it's like I can go the darkest path, and it just seems like each character, uh, each actor that takes this on, just tries to make it as dark no. just because it got dark once. You mean Jared Leto? No, he did not go dark. He went ICP. You know, Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. You know who I'm talking yeah. about. No, I would say it yeah. humanizes him way more than anything. I, I definitely think you should watch it. It's a good character piece. Okay. And there's there's a twist in the story and lore of Batman in there that I'm not... I, I love Batman. Batman's my second favorite superhero. See, watch watch so, can spoil it for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm trying... Well, that's what... Back to my thing. I'm not big on spoilers. Like, if someone... Unless... If I really want to see it, I'll go see it and I'll avoid it. And I'm also smart enough to know that I've pissed off enough people by spoiling things that I won't tell them when I'm really excited for something. Yeah. And I keep it to myself. And I get, like, spoiled by things on the internet from time to time, too. And Dude, I, I would not be able to watch a movie if I knew the ending of it. Like, I, I would just be like, okay. Like, I, I, I probably wouldn't even watch it. Yeah, but I mean, like, because that question was either have every movie spoiled or don't watch anything until you're you're out. Yeah. Yeah, I would not be able to handle being spoiled on every movie I watch. Right. There's no way. Sean obviously does not have children. That's what I'm going to say to Sean. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, this. I just saw Aquaman, which came out two years ago. I'm like, oh, finally, I get to watch this. You know, like. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one either. Bill Burr, <clears throat> you familiar with Bill Burr? comedian comedian yeah yeah he has this joke about like how when you have kids you stop being cool and then you come back to everything that you thought was cool when they're like 18 everything's frozen in time so you start listening to your old music and it's funny our tastes change as we have kids yeah and i think that totally ruins the movie too because you go through the movie like experiencing it and at the end if you have a twist they're setting up that twist the entire movie like don't give me the twist in the beginning no, I'm out. All right, we'll just do one more because we've had a pretty action-packed show today. The final question is, hey, guys, really enjoying the podcast. I had a very quick and easy question for you. I know that sometimes video games can be hard. What is your biggest struggle with video games, and what makes you quit a game? Mark in Portland. Thank you, Mark. Um, I can tell you what makes me quit games. Other video games. <laughs> That's usually the first one. I'll be really keen on something and something else will come out and then take over it because it's I enjoy it more. Um, and then I just keep wanting to consume media because I'm uh, American chill. Um, I don't know. I've never really... Have you ever rage quit? Like, I never... Like, I'm never coming back. Um, so I will rage quit or on things where they don't 
respect my time. Like if they if a game does yeah. not respect my time, I am very likely to ditch it quick because I cannot yeah. handle like just go out into the world and poke around till you find things. Like sometimes yeah. that's all right, but I need like direction. Like I need go here and do this and then if on the way I wander off and find stuff, cool. But if it's like asking me to just wander around and poke in every corner, nope. I'm out. You're task oriented. I am. Like I, you're funny. The more like, oh, I'm skipping the story, but you're not skipping the story. It's on like on God of War. No, no, because God of War is a good story. Right. Yeah, I I'm very into the exploration too, but I like a good story. That's what kind of motivates me for a game. Um, sometimes mechanics can make me struggle. Like Mega Man Eight, I had the hardest time with, and I had a buddy who got past the sequence for me. I had done the sequence, no joke, for 347 times. I took a tally because I just kept dying. It was a, it, you're on like a jet board, snowboard, in a lava pit to get to this boss. And he did it on like his fifth try. <laughs> I just couldn't do it for some reason. Something I could not get with the timing. And I, that's like one of my big I, – I haunts me this day. So I went back. I'm like, no, I'm not going to let him get progress for me. So I went back and I beat it myself. <laughs> and it took another like 300 times. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. It was a timing issue. Yeah. There was a time when the youth, youth as much as I love Pokemon, I had caught all 151 Pokemon. And I was like, oh, I'm done. Like, what, what's the point of this game anymore? I'm just leveling up like this is nothing. I've wasted my time. But I came back because it's such a good game. You know, I can't quit you. I can't quit you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I would say one thing regarding like my me quitting a game because i'm poking around i need to i i my time is valuable now when i was a kid it was it wasn't as valuable mm-hmm. you know i could i could explore a game for hours and hours and hours right and and it wasn't a thing like now it's like i could die yeah. any day now it, you know right the, the reaper is over my shoulder <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i will say that i cannot stand like um button press cutscenes. And then when you miss one right at the end, it makes you replay it over and over. That drives me bonkers. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, I play a lot of games that are hard, too. And that, like, you ram in your head like Mega Man's. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, Shovel Knight can be hard, but I wouldn't call it super hard. Like, Hollow Knight looks like one that I'm going to be like, oh, that one's going to sink its hooks into me real hard. But I like, I guess... I yeah, yeah. That's such I, a I don't good know, game. Man. Time, time is a big factor these days too. Cuphead, you know what actually gets me off a game sometimes too mm-hmm. is I get intimidated. Like I don't think I can. Like oh, that game looks hard. I don't know if I can do it. Mm. Right? I'm like I'm weak minded. Oh, like Cuphead kind of intimidated me because so many people said it's so difficult. Mm-hmm. And then when you start beating it, you're like, oh, it's difficult because you're learning how to play it. Yeah, and I think the beauty of Cuphead is there's no level. You know what I mean? You could basically run through the same finger pistols yes. that you had on the first level. And I think that's the beauty of that game. You don't want to do that. I just got that boomerang shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That change, that's a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like the boss fights where you have to do like the levels in Cuphead to get stuff. I'm always like a little, oh no, what's <laughs> one of these? Man. Okay. Yeah. The, the beauty of one of those, like when you get through it, you're like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. it was all mm-hmm. worth it. Um, I'll also say that repetitive quest lines, like the grindy type quests, like I think that was my biggest problem um, as I was making way my way through Forza Horizon. Like if I see mm. like a limited time throwaway quest pop up on my map, yeah. I do not want to do it. Like no, thank you. Like give me the give me the main story, 
give me the content that's pre-made and specific to each mission, and I will go from there. Like I said, new video games would probably be the number one cause of me quitting old video games. But the new new is always so exciting. You know what I mean? It's all about that new new. Yeah, you know? it's all about that new new. You got to get that new new. Maybe it's because I'm older now. I'm just getting complacent in my ways, but I like old things too. Now I'm like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, this takes me back, sonny. Dude, no, you got to move forward, man. Ever forward. Always the new hotness. Always the new, yeah. always the new thing. No, I'm going to be playing Final Fantasy VI in like a nursing home someday, just pissing my grown-up diaper. <laughs> uh, look at Saban, suplexing that train. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's exciting times. I mean, right now, the games are so well made that they seem tight yeah. and they seem to respect your time. Whereas some of that stuff we yeah. played when we were younger was hot garbage, dude. Yeah. And you would like go to the Blockbuster, whatever rental store you go to, and you have that game for 24 hours. And you are going to play that game if it's horrible or if it's good. You will play through it. Yeah. 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 The 24 hour rentals. Oh, man. I think that's a wrap for us tonight because I've got things to do, my friend. And you got to get ready for your trip. I do have to get ready for my trip. So if you are listening out there, make sure to send us an email. Remember, that's emails at underpoweredmedia.com. Check us out on Twitter, underpoweredpod, Instagram at under.powered. And um, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next week. We out. Play your games. Play your games.